CAH Pulse is developed by CARES Foundation to educate and connect the CAH community. Since our guests aren't scripted and are free to speak their minds, their views and opinions do not necessarily reflect the views and policy of CARES Foundation. Now, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Made possible by Neurocrine Biosciences. You deserve brave science. Welcome to CAH Pulse. I am Stephanie Erb, and I am here with Dina Matos, the Executive Director of the CARES Foundation. Hey, Stephanie. Thank you for being here today with me. My pleasure. I'm so excited to uh, start this journey with you. My name is Dina. I've been with CARES for over 14 years, although I did work in healthcare before this, and I've always had a passion for helping patients, especially kids and seniors. So I had met the founder of CARES. Kelly Light. Kelly Light. And Kelly and I um, were actually honored at the same time by the March of Dimes. So that's how I got to meet Kelly. Love her. Kelly was ready to step down at CARES. I started there as a consultant. And the board asked me to interview, and here I am over 14 years later. Yay, you're still here. I'm still here. You're a brave soul with lots of energy. I don't know about energy, but... Believe me, trust me, you have it. You have the energy. (laughs) You need the energy. I always say to people when they ask me um, about this job, it's the most challenging job I've ever had but it's the most rewarding job. Well, because you're dealing with people who are afraid and don't know what to do and have little babies they're scared are going to die. You know, it's it's pretty basic human fear. And I remember I was with my baby in New York City and Kelly Light showed up with a, a teddy bear for my kid at the hospital. And I just thought, who are these people and why are they helping me? I went on to become an advisor for CARES for parents who are dealing with raising a child with CAH because it can be a very scary and daunting thing, but there are great resources out there, CARES being one of the best. CARES Foundation is the only organization in the United States solely dedicated to congenital adrenal hyperplasia, or CAH. We support patients and families across the globe. Currently, we have members from 70 other countries. And for those who do not know what congenital adrenal hyperplasia is, we do have Dr. Karen Sue coming to explain. And uh, I'm here because way, way back when, when the CARES Foundation first was established, I adopted a child with CAH. And I'm here to talk a little bit about what I learned and the trials and tribulations and the triumphs involved. Stephanie, that's exactly why we're here. Uh, We hope that CH Pulse will be inspiring and compelling, and we will hear from parents like you, as well as older patients, about their CH journey. We want to educate, enlighten, and most of all, I think, give people hope. Yes. Doctors describe CH as an art, not a science, because every patient is different. And we're going to explore those differences in, in future podcasts. Yeah, I think I had an endocrinologist say to me when my child was very little, treating CAH is like dancing on the head of a pin. Yeah. And that's kind of what it felt like. I can't wait for you to share your journey, Stephanie. 
But before we hear your story, I'd like to welcome Dr. Karen Lin Su, CARES Medical Director, who is also a pediatric endocrinologist at New York Presbyterian Wild Cornell in New York City. She's also the co-director of our Center of Excellence at Cornell. Karen, welcome. Thank you. So let's just start by explaining what congenital adrenal hyperplasia, or CAH, is. Thank you so much for having me. So um, CAH, as you said, stands for congenital adrenal hyperplasia, um, which is a condition that affects the adrenal glands. These tiny little organs that sit just above the kidneys produces three types of hormones. And two of these hormones are absolutely essential for life. And without them, we cannot survive. So those two essential hormones are cortisol and aldosterone. Now, cortisol, which we sort of know as the stress hormone, is super important for helping us maintain um, blood pressure. It regulates our blood sugar levels. It's important for immune function. And then aldosterone regulates our salt balance, specifically sodium and potassium. Then the last hormone that the adrenals make um, are androgens, sex hormones such as testosterone, which are responsible for pubertal changes. And those changes are things like acne, um, underarm hair, or odor. Um, they're responsible for our growth spurt during puberty. Um, it can also deepen the voice. It can cause some facial hair growth. Those are androgens. So how, how does someone get CAH? So CAH is a genetic condition. It's inherited. Each parent has to be a carrier um, because their offspring inherit one copy of each gene from each parent. And if you have mutations, then the adrenals don't have the enzyme that's necessary to make those two essential hormones, cortisol and aldosterone. Um, however, what the adrenals can make plenty of are the androgens. So Karen, tell us why excess androgens are a problem. So the problem with too much androgen production, especially in childhood, is it can cause things like early signs of puberty. So you don't want a two-year-old or a three-year-old going into puberty because it can affect their mood. It gives them a growth spurt. It gives them that underarm hair and odor that we talked about. Um, but the main problem is they have that early growth spurt and then the growth plates fuse early. So they're quite tall as children, but then they finish growing super early, and then they're actually um, quite short as adults. Um, in older children, it can cause um, things like irregular periods, um, unwanted facial hair, and in older women who are trying to get pregnant, it can cause um, problems with getting pregnant. So Karen, you talked about the hormones that are essential for life. Can you tell us what happens if CH is not treated? Great question. So in the most severe form of CAH, where there's zero enzyme activity, it's also called salt-wasting CAH, um, it's fatal if untreated. So um, in times of stress, we all need more cortisol. So if you have a fever or if you have trauma, the usual response is for the body to make huge amounts of cortisol to help get through that with increasing your blood pressure, um, boosting your immune function. So if someone doesn't get cortisol or enough cortisol, they can have what we call an adrenal crisis. Initially, it'll start with a drop in blood pressure, low blood sugar, they can go into shock, coma, and eventually death. 
than the other hormone, aldosterone. Without that, they can't absorb sodium and they also cannot get rid of potassium. So what they're left with is very low sodium levels, which causes seizures and eventually brain death. Um, And then the high potassium actually causes cardiac arrest. Wow, that sounds so scary and terrifying for a parent. If I were a parent, you know, hearing about a CH diagnosis, I'd be terrified. Tell us about how CH is treated and how an adrenal crisis can be prevented. So in the newborn period, luckily, um, babies actually still have some hormones from the mother. So the salt wasting really doesn't occur until maybe a week of life. Um, Enough time for newborn screening, which is now um, in all 50 states, and we can diagnose children early enough to prevent the salt wasting crisis from occurring. So we can start treatment um, before anything bad happens. From there... Children do have to be treated daily with replacement hormones with something called hydrocortisone and has been around since the 1950s. Prior to 1950, there was no treatment and it was fatal. In terms of replacing the aldosterone, we have something called fludrocortisone. And as long as they take the hydrocortisone to replace the cortisol and the fludrocortisone to replace the aldosterone, they can do very well, live long, healthy, you know, fruitful lives. Some of the challenges, of course, are what do we do about those pesky androgens that are being overproduced? Um, And it turns out that you have to give a bit more hydrocortisone to get those androgens down. So that's one of our biggest challenges, giving them enough to suppress the androgens, but not giving them too much because too much hydrocortisone or steroid um, can cause a slowing of growth increased weight gain, especially in the face and the abdomen, can give stretch marks. Um, It can actually reduce your immune system. So not enough cortisol is bad for the immune system and too much cortisol also suppresses your immune system. And then long, long term, steroids, of course, can affect bone density. It can cause obesity, increased blood pressure. It's actually a lot more challenging than maybe I'm even making it sound. And then in terms of adrenal crisis, really needs to be treated immediately. Um, So it's given by injection, and currently it's a powder and a liquid that have to be mixed together. It's not as simple as the EpiPen, unfortunately. So we do training sessions, we teach caregivers and older patients, if they're still conscious and able to do it themselves, we we encourage them to do it themselves. If the patient is already losing consciousness, their caregiver, if they're in college, maybe a resident advisor, hopefully has been taught, knows how to do it. Their development of auto injectors uh, that will hopefully improve, you know, the care for these patients during a crisis. Yes, absolutely. We're hoping for approval ASAP. Well, thankfully, there are a few companies working on that. So um, we appreciate all the work that's being done in that area. Absolutely. I know we talk about, you know, the the scary parts of CAH, but in reality, patients with CAH can live pretty typical lives. Can you talk about that? So again, with the proper treatment, especially if it's detected at birth, hopefully they never have an adrenal crisis or salt wasting crisis, or it's caught early enough where it's treated without long-term problems. And hydrocortisone has been around since 1950. We're seeing many adults who are well into their 70s at this point and leading healthy, productive, wonderful lives. 
Well, I always say that CAH patients are smarter than, than anyone else. Yes, exactly. But anyway, I'm unbiased. <laughs> <laughs> more resourceful. Karen, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your insights, your expertise, and, and your time. And we look forward to having you on future episodes of CH Pulse. That's great. Thank you. My pleasure. Now that we heard about some of the science behind CAH, let's get back to your story, Stephanie. My adoption story. Well, first I'll tell you a little bit about me. I'm an actress. I've been doing it for 30 years on film and television. And I can't even tell you all of them anymore. People always ask you, what have you done? I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> so in this case, you, you were tested, um, you adopted, and you had probably never heard of CAH, as most people haven't. I mean, when I came to CARES, I couldn't even say congenital adrenal hyperplasia. Never mind, understand what it was. When I audition for doctors, I always say that really fast. And people are like, whoa, okay. That means that I know how to speak doctor. Uh, yeah, but we didn't, we had never, ever heard of it. Uh, we were not expecting it back then. Nobody tested for it. So now it's pretty much a state. I don't know. You would know more than I do. Is it standard testing in every state at this point? So it is. Uh, so actually CARES uh, worked on a grassroots campaign across the country. And um, we started in about 2000 testing for CH. It was added to the newborn screen at the time. Mm -hmm. And as of 2008, Every state in the country now tests for it. Oh, wow. Uh, we've helped other countries. I was very involved in the program in Brazil where, you know, we had to write a letter to parliament uh, requesting that they add CH to the newborn screening panel. Um, there are many countries that still don't test. So we're very fortunate here in the United States that we do have testing. Prior to um, testing, babies were, were dying and they attributed to SIDS or something else when in fact... It was probably an adrenal crisis. Yes, right they now. were having an adrenal crisis. When they're small, the adrenal crises and things that are more life-threatening really seem more imminent because when they're babies, it's easy to just panic because you don't know what's going on. Frankly, I knew nothing about the birth father of my child, but the fact that two people in Ohio had the gene kind of blew every... The hospital where my kid was born had no idea what was happening. They're like, something's wrong with this baby. They had no clue. And of course that terrified me because I didn't know if I had the capability to take care of any child with some sort of chromosomal problem. So it was through CARES and lots of research, which at the time there wasn't a lot of research. Well, there wasn't a lot of Googling either. Yeah, exactly. I have a friend who's a doctor and I called him and he told me what he knew. And I really felt very frightened, but the adoption was happening and this was not something we ever were going to expect. I mean, my heart dropped when we got to the hospital and the nurse said, are you the adoptive parents? And we said, yes. And she said, something is very wrong with this baby, but we don't know what it is. I mean, can you imagine that? I, I remember sitting in the lobby and crying because that was not what I was expecting. Maybe like, this baby is fussy, or I don't know, and I don't have any other children. So it was all like scary anyway. Right. Uh, and then it took them two whole weeks to figure out what it was. Two whole weeks. So, so during those two weeks, what was that like for you and your husband? Well, we were staying in the cheapest hotel we could find in Ohio, and uh, 
calling people and wondering if we had the capability to take care of a child like this because we were not sure we had the goods, you know, although I am a, I was a pre-med. I do have a degree in biology, which is very strange for most actors. So once I started getting more knowledge about it, I felt like, oh, I kind of understand this. It's kind of like diabetes, but more complicated, has more ramifications, and maybe I can learn to do this. Maybe I have the capability to do it. But I cannot tell you that we didn't cry, that we didn't think about running away, that we really were confused a lot. Uh, and then we had to find the only endocrinologist in all of Ohio who could really do follow-up work after we were out of the hospital. And we were like, there's one doctor in Ohio. So it, it was um, terrifying, really. Yeah. But everything happens for a reason. And maybe the fact that I do understand biology and physiology pretty well was the reason I was chosen to be this person's mother. I believe that. I believe that, you know, you're put in someone's path for a reason. So um, he's lucky to have you both as parents. I really feel like I learned so much and I got to help a lot of people. I mean, the interesting thing to me is people are having CAH kids all over the world. But there are places in the United States even where nobody knows what you're talking about still. Well, you still have doctors who don't know. People, you know, go to the emergency room yeah. and they don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. And your child might be going into an adrenal crisis. I've had situations with my kid where I feel like I'm Shirley MacLaine in that movie with Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger's dying of cancer and she's running through the hospital going, give her the shot, give her the shot. No, I've been, I felt like I've had to do that in emergency room going, I understand exactly what's happening. I'm getting nurses and medical care people who don't know what I'm talking about. And I see the signs of adrenal crisis. I brought my child into the hospital because I wasn't sure I was doing the right thing. And they're slow playing it when you know time is of the essence. So, uh, you know, it's something where the more informed and prepared you can be, the better off you are as a parent and be willing to give the emergency injection. You know, I was scared of that, super scared early on. On the other side of the coin, there are parents who are so scared, they're always giving emergency injections and over-medicating. So you really have to keep a cool head during the whole process of raising a child with CAH. And, and I can't stress this enough, seek out your experts right. because CARES has a guide to who are the experts in the country, in the world, find them. Because you can FaceTime with a doctor. You can do things where you can say, this is what I'm observing. This is what my mommy instincts are yelling at me. What do you think? Right. And we now have um, eight centers of excellence uh, across the United States. Um, so when your son was born, you had to travel to New York. Um, now we have a center of excellence Right. In LA. So, and we have a few more across the country and we're growing that program. But one of the first questions I'm asked when a parent contacts us is, how long is my child going to live? And they're scared to death. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, so, and you're trying to reassure them they're yes. going to lead a typical life and be able to do everything that other kids can do as long as they're properly managed. It's critical, especially as they're growing, because as you know, if they're over-medicated or under-medicated, their bones don't grow properly and they end up being very short normal. So that's where the dancing on the head of a pin comes in, because balancing bone age 
with medication, but not too much, because I will say that we found one of the best endocrinologists through CARES, Mitchell Geffner, uh, because my child, his bone age was far surpassing his actual age because he was being under-medicated. And I brought all his records and said, look at this. Dr. Geffner said, I think this child needs to be medicated differently and I'd be happy to help you. And we were so ecstatic and he straightened my kid's bone age out. And even though my child was probably predicted to be five foot three, he is five foot five, which was a really huge triumph and not what we were expecting at all. And that's all because of medical management. So, so Stephanie, what do you wish you'd known in those first couple of years that you would tell parents now? You know, I have one memory of when my child was a teeny tiny baby. You know, a lot of CAH kids are salt wasters, which means they lose sodium out of their bodies. And that means that your K, your potassium, is rising too highly and, and it becomes very dangerous to the body. We were always getting yelled at about hyper K. You don't want your child to go into hyper K. And so we were very paranoid. And there's sometimes a bit of overkill in emergency rooms. And there was a point at which, I, I won't say which hospital, where they were poking this tiny baby with so many things and IVs. And my husband just said, stop, stop just do the blood work. You don't have to do anything till we know what's going on. And it turned out the baby was fine. But I feel like now I wish I had created the most trauma-free situation for my child. But I think sometimes when you're a scared parent, you don't realize that this little tiny creature is picking up on all the anxiety and energy of it. Be calm, trust your instincts, find the experts and know everything will be okay. And your kid will pick up on that too. My goal was always my child will have a typical life, you know, have sleepovers, do all the things. And I just had to make sure that emergency meds were available. The parent of the sleepover house had instructions that everybody who was around was willing to keep an eye out. But other than that, it was fly, go be free. And I feel like it's so important not to turn it into a crippling situation, both for the parent and the child. Like, you can do this. There's help out there. There's more help than there ever was. And that is a great, great thing. Yeah, and, and that's so important because some, and especially uh, the parents who are maybe have their first child, they want to keep these children in a bubble because they think that's how they're going to protect them. And it isn't. They have to let them live their lives, let them get, you know, a bug, uh, go to sleepovers, go to camp, go on school trips. They can do anything anyone else can do except right now join the military. But they have to have good care, and that's critical. I mean, there is a time when if they get bad viruses, they get sick faster. At least my kid rolled out faster into being extremely ill, and that's terrifying. But if you know how to give the shot or triple the meds, depending on fever and other situations, you will be fine. You know, like I think one of the problems some doctors have complained to me about is that parents aren't being careful. You have to be super diligent. You have to learn to be your own kid's nurse in a way. And that sounds awful, but it's totally worth it because the more you do that, the more normal their lives will be. And, you know, my kid is 
old now, but takes his meds on his own without even thinking about it. It's like nothing. And when he was four, he was swallowing pills like it was nobody's business. You, you practice with many M&Ms and you go from there, you know. And your child will be a typical child having a typical life with CAH. So uh, Stephanie, this conversation has been so enlightening and that's exactly why we're doing this because we want to bring awareness, educate, and um, give hope to others who are living with the condition or who are caring for someone with CAH. Here you are, uh, first time mom adopting a child and you're thinking you're just going to bring this bundle of joy home and it's going to be a typical childhood. And here you are faced with a rare genetic condition, congenital adrenal hyperplasia, that you've never heard of. It must have been such a, a, a scary time for you, but like many people who are facing challenges, and I, I, I equate it to something like a, a, a parent who loses a child to gun violence, for instance, and they take that and they turn it into a purpose. Well, I think that's very true. I... I... At first, I think I mentioned I was frightened and I didn't know if we could go through with this. And then as I learned and I read and I spoke to experts and uh, spoke to CARES, I realized not only could I help other people, which that has been incredibly gratifying because people like me were terrified and sad. I mean, you have to let go of your idea of what you thought your child would be. But that's okay because in many ways, and I will say that I think our endocrinologist says kids with CH are strong. They mature faster because they have to be really responsible. That, you know, it is something that gives you character. Yes, it's difficult, but it's a gift in a weird way. You become more aware of other things. And as a parent, you become aware of how important life is and how loving someone means you can get through anything. And I think that's how I've felt about my child and watching other people find their way through parenting a CAH kid. And as you said, there are many adults with CAH who are having a great time. And, you know, it's because they were raised by doctors and parents and communities and cares and can find their way to being happy. It can happen and it does happen every day. Well, and again, you took your challenge and you turned it into, you know, a passion for helping other parents like you. You worked with CARES and here you are all these years later and you're still educating the community. Yes. And I feel like another thing I really want to say is don't be afraid to reach out. So many times you guys email me and say, would you talk to this person? And I go, of course, I would love to talk to them. Give them my number, give them my email. And they do not call, they do not email. And I feel like there's stigmas to having a child with something that's different, but there should not be. I consider it an honor now. I always say it takes a village to raise a child and certainly a child with a rare condition like CAH. Um, and you're right. We often refer people to our support group leaders or other parents or other adult patients and they don't reach out. But those connections are so important. I was just at our conference in Seattle and we had uh, a young girl who's a young adult who was very impressive and she came up to me and she says, I've never felt connected like I do now. 
you know, with meeting these other people. So it's those connections that are so important. And of course, I cry every time. Oh, that's great. Sometimes I would get a communication from a parent and all they wanted to hear was like one thing and then they were fine. It was like, no, my child is having a typical life. My child gets to go to the museums in New York and, you know, have adventures because they're so afraid their child will not get to do these things. And then they go away happy. And then I've done my job, you know. And I think that's why this podcast is so useful because we can hear all different kinds of stories and uh, people will know they're not alone. And they can certainly relate. And I have one other poignant moment. So we had an awareness walk in Florida and there were two little girls wearing their medical ID bracelet. They'd never met another child with CAH and they came up to their parents and they're like, Oh, she has a bracelet just like me. And she takes medicine just like me. And I was like, wow. So the tears started flowing because I always cry. Yeah. I'm a crier. I remember I was on vacation in Hawaii and there was a woman who had a son with CAH that I had connected with through CARES. And we drove down to the volcano area of the big island to meet her. And she was ecstatic to talk to somebody who could share the same, you know, misadventures or adventures, as it were, that you have as a parent with a CAH kid. And unfortunately, her kid was being over-medicated. And I said, look, this is why he looks like this. Not every endo knows how to do this. So let's get you in touch with somebody on the mainland or someone on Oahu who can handle this properly. It's that village, that CAH village. You know, it was just a lovely thing. Yeah, well, those personal connections, there's nothing more powerful powerful than that. Yeah. You know, connecting with someone who understands your fears and your challenges, those opportunities, whether it's at a conference, an awareness walk, or you just meet somebody for coffee, um, you know, a parent who's reached out and is not sure if they're doing the right thing for their child. And there's so many ways to connect. Connect them through this podcast. Uh, I think it will be a wonderful adventure I'm excited to take with you, Dina. Thank you, Stephanie. Many thanks to Dr. Karen Sue for sharing her expertise about CAH, and a special thanks to our producer, Amy Brooks. CAH Pulse is sponsored by Neurogrin Biosciences. You deserve brave science. For more information about CAH and to connect with us, please visit us at caresfoundation.org or look for us on all social media platforms. If you like this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. I'm Dina. And I'm Stephanie, and we care. See you next time.